This entire podcast is all about what if online dating never existed? What if sites such as Tinder, Bumble, Hinge, et cetera, et cetera, Match never existed? What would dating look like? Would dating be better or would it be worse? Stay tuned. So yeah, this entire podcast is going to be on what if online dating never existed? I'm talking no apps, no websites, nothing for you to go on your phone and look at and see who's out there in the realm of digital dating. What if that never existed? Well, there was a time, obviously, right? There was a time when that was the thing. 1998 is when online dating gained legitimacy with the release of You've Got Mail. Saw that in the media. Kiss.com becomes the first modern dating website in 94, followed by Match in 1995. And by 96, there's 16 online dating sites listed in Yahoo's directory. This is at a time in the web 2.0 era. This is at a time when things such as AOL, Yahoo, um, that time you also had, you really had a push towards WordPress. Blogging was a very new thing. And, um, MySpace was not even in existence yet. And guess what? People dated, people had sex, people got married, connections happened. So can you can you imagine? Can you imagine right now um, the fact that we have an entire generation, millennials, Gen Z, however you want to define that, that have been raised on technology some literally depending on uh the parenting mode or lack thereof of their parents they were raised on technology i'm talking from the start of it from smartphone from facetime from skype from netflix from everything has become digital their communication has become shortened you know, LOL is a thing that now people aren't really laughing out loud. Um, you know, the, the, the lexicon that has invaded um, TikTok, IG, you know, no cap, YouTube, all this stuff, right? And their entire um, social existence is so tied to these apps, which trickles down to the topic of dating. What if none of that existed? What if the industry decided, you know, it's kind of dangerous if, if, if we decided to, to create something where people are no longer meeting in person for the first time, but have to use a website or have to use an app to look at pictures and meet each other. Now, this podcast, is this episode is going to serve a little bit as of a uh, we're going to go down uh, history lane and talk about dating overall as an industry and how it got to where we're at. I've talked about this before, so I'm, I'm, I'm going to get away from talking about the current business strategies of Match Group Limited, Bumble, and, and other similar companies and really look at what was the era of 98 and 
putting it into now, right? The era before online dating, right? B-O-D, <laughs> before online dating. And now we're in the after digital dating, A-D-D, if you want to look at it that way. Um, we're going to explore it a little bit. And for those that are of the old guard, I'm 39 at the time of this recording. For those that grew up in the era of no caller ID, of no online dating, of um, meeting people naturally, right? Just out and about wherever you're at. I hope that this podcast can serve as you being an ambassador to, um, to change. Not to say that some revolution where we're gonna cause online dating sites to, to cripple and, and crumble, that's not gonna happen anytime soon. It's not gonna happen anytime soon. But we can at least remind some of the younger folks, I'm sounding like such a boomer, that there was a time when organic dating and organic communication was a thing. So uh, next segment, I'll go into my own story with dating and um, where I saw that shift and where we can go back to. So here's the thing. I, man, I have been in this uh, industry as a participant before uh, being on the other side of it since Man, I would say since 1996, 1997, I would use America Online as a way for me to meet females, women, um, more like teenagers at the time. <laughs> I think about it. Um, I would meet them through um, the chat rooms, right? We would always ask each other ASL, right? A slash S slash L, which was age, sex, location. And it was just a, a way to obviously find out, okay, what's what's their age to see if they fall within my age range. Obviously, want to know their gender and location. These AOL chat rooms were fun. I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are missing out on the fun of AOL chat rooms because it was real-time communication. It was based on interest or your location. So I, uh, I grew up two hours from where I'm at now, uh, military base, and... Um, you know, if I wasn't playing video games, I would hop onto AOL. At that time, I was a huge WWF, later WWE fan, and just read up on the news and whatnot. And then I just stumbled upon these chat rooms. And it went from finding out about which favorite wrestler won and all that. It went to the singles chat rooms. And I got very, very interested, very curious um, again, especially as a teenager who's understanding his testosterone, libido, and I'm like, oh, wait a minute. There's an entire world out here where I can talk to someone in real time. And I've never had that. I would just be at, at home all the time. And really, the only time I would be in public would be uh, school. And if I was out with my parents and a couple close friends, but most of the time we would just hang out, skateboard, play basketball. Um, one had a car, so we would go to the mall and that was it. And believe it or not, I was a very shy kid. So I wasn't the type that would go to a mall to pick up. Um, I think even back then I saw it as maybe sleazy, even though I couldn't internally define it. I just didn't, it, it just wasn't my thing to, uh, to go to the mall and, and, and do some infield gaming when I was 16 years old. And I'd rather do some, you know, in 
inside gaming that is with uh at that time uh i think uh super nintendo and n64 so uh started off AWOL, and my first date we actually met at the mall where i grew up she catfished me before it was a term catfished me i i left the mall in in like misty eyed not totally tears running down my cheeks but very misty eyed and pissed off felt very uh, deceived that's a whole another story that I've covered in other um, podcasts and, and um, videos. Funny story, by the way. And um, from there, you know, AWOL chat rooms then went to Yahoo. And what I liked about Yahoo, this was around, this was around starting in 1999 that I started using Yahoo. And you could search an entire directory of, uh, of singles. And I remember just meeting this really good-looking Puerto Rican woman. I'm also Puerto Rican. And, man, I, I just couldn't believe it. I really thought she was uh, like a, a webcam model. I uh, thought she was fake. But, no, she was she was a looker. And uh, two years later, we stayed in contact for that time. Two years later, I get an internship to Puerto Rico. And I ended up meeting her. She actually was a flight attendant, so she ended up landing on the island and was going to spend some days with her family, um, her mom, grandma, and some of her cousins. So I said, you know, I was down there for the internship, uh, told a little white lie to my internship director and told him that I wanted to research the island. And I took off in um, basically their office of tourism car and off I went to meet this woman. And it was a fun night. That's when I was introduced to garage motels. <laughs> I'll leave it at that. And um, But it still felt very organic, very natural, very magical back then. That's why I wanted to, to illustrate the story because of the way it felt back then. As, as I tell you the story, I actually, I get reminded of the feeling of how things left an imprint, left a memory on you. You didn't feel tired. You didn't feel like you were endlessly swiping and, and having to message this person or whatnot. It was just me and her. <clears throat> now, granted, there was a lot of curiosity with Yahoo, and I would, I would look around to see if there was any other ladies, but nowhere near, nowhere near the, um, the excitement. And even if we didn't end up in a long-term relationship, there was still that exclusive feeling of investment. Even if we knew it was just going to be fun, it was just going to be an adventure, it was still like quality, classy fun. Even if we had our, you know, you know what kind of fun, it just, it was elevated. It wasn't this, it wasn't this tired, some, oh, you know, cool, I'm, I, I'm just, you know, in between my little Netflix, let's just kind of meet up. That, that's what it was like. And again, I, that's not even... To me, that's not even online dating apps or sites yet. That was just a directory, right? It was almost a predecessor to, to a Facebook or MySpace. And so it didn't quite hit yet. Now, fast forward, okay, fast forward to 2007. I meet the first woman I, I ever lived with off of MySpace. And the reason we hit it off was because I saw her rock climbing and she had a tattoo of the Phoenix on her top left-hand side of her shoulder that got my attention. And I saw that she was military. I'm also military. That got my attention. But again, at that time, I didn't view it as, oh, I'm on the make. I'm on MySpace on the make. I would find a lot of high school friends. I would find, uh, I think, even a teacher that was on MySpace at the time. 
I would keep up with friends. So, so there was still some wholesomeness to it. And again, this was at a time when I had no idea what Match was. Match.com was just about hmm, maybe 12 years old. It wasn't really that popular yet. And things didn't work out.、Uh, it was a great experience. I learned a lot about myself. Learned a lot about living with a woman, especially because she was older than me.、Uh, and that's good. That's, that's what's prepared me to where I'm, I'm at now. Fast forward, 2009. First time I joined Match.com, I had a blast. My first two dates, I, I mean, I, I could have literally been like, this is the one. This is who I want to be with. I actually made the mistakes. I got too sexual too quick, not just physically, but verbally and, you know, just talking about it too fast, too much. But I was very excited. I was off to the races on Match. This is at a time when I lived in Austin. And within months, within months of using Match, I met. My girlfriend, someone who I ended up with for about eight or nine months. But again, it felt very exciting, very novel, but not tiresome, right? Didn't get anywhere near feeling that collective dating fatigue that's going on now. Still felt magical, still felt naughty and fun. But again, it, I, even if she was messaging other guys, I knew that a, a nice, thought out message had value back then. Nowadays, we speak in emojis. Now, it's part two of、uh, me telling you my story, which actually correlates with some statistics I found on online dating. So, 2004. 2004, you know, Facebook came out, and I'm sure some of you remember the inexplicable Facebook poke, right? That was a flirting tool where you could poke someone. And if you remember also, that time you can also search someone by city. I think that time they did have age, and、uh, it was easy to find people. Not only people you knew, but just if you wanted, you're on the make. Same thing with MySpace. That's how I found the woman that、uh, I first lived with that I mentioned in this previous section. Skype at the time came out a couple years prior to that. And,、um, you know,、um, eHarmony,、uh, e、which was a competitor to match、uh, neck and neck by the time it was 2009. 2012, 2012. This to me was the changing point. Okay. This is the dun 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 moment. 2012 was when Tinder came out. And again, I've so much experience with it that Tinder is actually a rehash version of a of one that I used to use back in 2002 called Hot or Not. That's all it is. All it is is a rehashed advanced version of Hot or Not. Now,、uh, by 2014, Tinder claimed the record of over a billion swipes per day. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Swipes, not connections, swipes. But what was happening during this time? You also had Candy Crush. You also had Angry Birds. You had all kinds of little video games. I was playing Clash of Clans at the time. Tinder 
and later on Bumble and later on Hinge and Match even rolling out some of its swiping features to try to catch up, even though ironically Match Group Limited, the parent company of Match, ended up owning most of those dating apps and sites. These apps became cousins, cousins to addictive games and other social media platforms. This is at a point, and we're living it right now, right now in 2020, through the age of protest, social justice movements, election coming up, pandemic, stuff going on all over the world, Beirut, Hong Kong, et cetera, et cetera. A lot of things are happening. But right now when it comes to dating, we are at a low. Because of all the things that I mentioned, all the societal pieces, Online dating is oversaturated, it's become empty, it's become tiresome, and I really recommend that even in this pandemic, even from a distance, we get back to the art of eye contact and a smile, if possible, if you have your mask on. But get back to the process of eye contact and that organic meeting. I'm telling you right now, um, this is what the world without online dating would look like. And we, we owe this, I say we as in the old guard, those that lived and all these things that I mentioned, we owe it to the new ones, to the, the ones that want to connect, to be better parents than us, to be better partners than us. They have to understand what life was like without all this tiresome, addictive, dopamine burning out technology. So. This was one of the quicker podcasts, but I wanted to make sure that we drive that point. If not, we're just going to continue this. We're going to collectively be the type of people that are off to the races with a bum leg. And what happens when you have a broken or bum leg and you're trying to run a marathon? You just end up hurting yourself even though you're back in the race. That is what's happening with online dating right now. And online dating has become so symbiotic with dating overall. We have to detach digital dating from dating overall. We have to stop thinking that they're one into the other. Okay? Don't look at it as the Siamese twin where digital dating is dating. We can divorce ourselves away from, from the swipe addiction, the swipe culture, and get back to organic meeting. We got to connection, being able to understand each other are the skills we need to work on nowadays, not only for dating, but to get life and society back to where it needs to. Let's be ambassadors of change. Now, I wanted to make this bonus section for this uh, episode to remind you that it doesn't mean you have to get married. And I don't mean that to demonize uh, marriage, but just as a reminder that even though if you want to make dating great again by mentally removing online dating from the equation, from from the process of meeting your partner, understand that you can still be respectful you can still be honest. You can still be communicative. communicative. <laughs> That's pretty ironic there that I messed that word up. 
even if you're only looking for a short-term solution when it comes to your dating or partnership life. Short-term does not have to mean just rambunctious, irresponsible sex, and then off to the next one. Short-term might mean that someone comes into your life, changes it for the better, and then you respectfully go your own way. That's fine. It doesn't have to be even be predetermined. It can happen randomly or you can plan for it. But I wanted to leave you with this note that as we become ambassadors of change, of improved dating, that don't feel this pressure to have to define a relationship one way or the other. And also in support of marriage, if you do want to go down that road because of kids, because of legality of you being able to move wherever your partner goes. For example, I'm military. My partner cannot, you know, if I had a wife uh, or if I had a fiance, I should say, she could not move with me unless we were married. And that actually makes perfect sense because if not, it's very subjective what kind of relationship me and her have for her to be granted these benefits. Now, an argument could be made that, hey, do I really need to be married for her to reap those benefits? But won't go there in this episode. But please keep in mind, you can define your relationship how you want. I am for marriage as much as I am against it. I am for short-term relationships and long-term as much as I'm against all of it. I'm very open to it all, very inclusive. So keep being ambassadors of change and make sure you define what you want out of dating.